Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Two things. Number one, we have changed our podcast name to Biblical Masculinity and Femininity with Scott and Kelly. We have noticed that when you type in masculinity or femininity in the keyword search, it's always weird worldview stuff. None of it is really from a Christian worldview. So we wanted to get in on that of we want to put our worldview out on that. And obviously all of our stuff falls under masculinity and femininity. And the second part of the Scott and Kelly thing was getting confused with a radio show on K-Love. We are now a music channel. I don't know if we are still anymore, but at one point our YouTube channel was a little music icon. Yeah, for a while it did. And we were like, we had to look up. We're like, why does our, why is there a music note next to our name? And then it said, you are now a music channel. And it was very confusing. And then secondly, thank you to everybody who's emailed in. We appreciate the feedback, the stories, the testimonies, the questions. We will try and answer those questions as anonymously or as generally as is needed. And if you do want to email us one of your questions or you have a topic you want us to dive deeper into, you can email us. I will put our email below and we will be slowly getting to all of them over time. So if you have sent us an email, we are trying to get through them, which leads to today's. Yeah. So today's question, how do you deal with despair or with hardship and remain faithful, remain hopeful? All of us deal with hardship. There's a promise from the Lord of in this life, you will have trouble. You will have hardships come against you. We're not going to get this comfortable air conditioned life where nothing ever goes wrong. And unfortunately, we're kind of taught that in our culture, we are raised of you should expect perfection. You should expect order and peace and perfection and comfort. And so we get very upset when things don't go our way or when people sin against us or our own sin habits frustrate us. We're not alone. I think that's the biggest part of despair is thinking that you're the only one. And so the story I like to go to is David in the desert. David was not very well treated by his family, so he didn't have an ideal childhood or perfect parents or perfect childhood. And when the Lord calls him, he's kind of mocked and belittled by his brothers and his parents. And then even when he does come into his, the, the Lord's will for his life and, and the success that he thinks he's coming into, he then comes up against tons of challenges, opponents, people who uh, want him dead. And so for 14 years, he is an outcast wandering around in the desert, rejected off of his life purpose, you know, by all means, by all metrics, a failure or what he's called to do and supposed to do is not happening. Even in that place, he puts his trust in the Lord. He has this understanding, Matthew 6 verse 6, that God sees me in secret. He will reward me openly. And so even in that desert time, that time of rejection and challenge and failure, if you want to call it that, in times of hopelessness, in times of despair, in times of everything around you going wrong, he realizes that it's how he responds in that moment that will determine how he is rewarded later by the Lord. He understands that his heart is the most important thing. How his heart reacts to these situations is how the Lord will take him through into whatever the next season is. He realizes that his life is the Lord's. You know, our life is not our own. Our life is God's. We are a bond servant. We're a slave, right? I know that that's not a nice thing to think of. We like to think of ourselves as sons and daughters, as a bride of Christ. But also Paul says we're a slave, we're a bondservant, we're owned by the Lord. We are his property. And so whether we are to be successful or not, that's on him. You know, that's on the Lord's willingness to direct our steps. And so the biggest thing for us is to keep our hearts ever before him. It says about David, so Saul, 
who's this guy who looks the part, he looks good, he's in power, he's a success. But he, his heart was off. His heart was uh, fearful. His heart was proud. And so the priest says to Saul, he says, the Lord has taken your throne away from you. And he's going to give it to someone whose heart is after the Lord, whose heart is after God. And so that was David in all failure, hopelessness, despair. His heart was after God. And this is exemplified when he comes back from fighting a small skirmish to the their little hideout, their little fort where their 600 families are. That fort had been raided and all their families were taken captive. And this is probably the bottom moment of David's life because all of his men are now in despair and hopelessness. Not only are they rejects, not only are they being chased around the desert, hardship, hard times. Now the only things that they had, their families, were taken from them. So they had hit rock bottom. And now they wanted to kill David. They discussed killing him. And so David, again, a time of despair, he cries out to the Lord. It's, well, it says he encouraged himself in the Lord. There's often not a lot of things to encourage ourselves about. There's not, you know, something of my great strength or my great circumstances that can turn around a lot of our problems. This is where we're crying out for a miracle. We're crying out for the Lord. Lord, do you see me? Do you see me in secret? Do you see what is going on in our life? And it's at that point that he then asks of the Lord, what should I do next? That's always the big root out of despair. Number one, cry out to the Lord. There's a, a scripture that says we cast our burdens on the Lord because he cares for us. Cast the burden on the Lord. And, and even just singing that simple little uh, childhood song of cast your burdens on Jesus. On Jesus. <laughs> uh, you know, even if you just sing that under your own breath of like, Lord, I cast my burdens on you. You know, there's many times in your life where you could be driving or thinking or journaling, whatever, but you need to get to that place of I'm going to cast my burdens on the Lord. Because our burdens are heavy. Our burdens are heavy to carry. We, we don't often have the ability to carry our own burdens. And so we must cast them on the Lord and trust that he cares for us. And then the second thing after that is then to say, Lord, what can I do next? Action has to come out of despair. Action is the way out of despair. And so David says to the Lord, he's like, Lord, do I pursue these people? What must I do? And the Lord says to him, pursue, go, go and fight. And so he goes, he pursues, he finds all their families, takes them back, and everything sorts itself out. There's a, there's a solution. Everything ends well. So that's the way out is, Lord, what can I do next? What within my power? I know within my power, I can't fix this, but what can I do next where you can partner with me and go through this? Now, a lot of times what happens if it doesn't all end in good things, if you are doing stuff and trying things, this is the story of Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar and the three other guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they are commanded to bow before the king's statue, and they don't. And so they're now going to get thrown in fire. Hopeless, despair, this is the end of it all. They're mocked. They say, will your God save you from this fire? And they said, look, even if God doesn't save us from this fire, we will trust in him. We will hope in him. We will be faithful and trust that the Lord loves us and he's going to direct our steps, whatever he once with our lives, we trust in him. And so that's the place we need to get to. You know, if you're trusting for a husband or wife, if you're trusting for children, if you're trusting for healing of your body, if you're trusting for success in the thing that you think the Lord has called you to, and you're in this place of hopelessness and despair, you need to cry out to the Lord for a miracle. Ask the Lord, does he see you in secret? Because if, if you understand that truth, because it is a truth, you have to stand on God's promises. You have to take God at his word that he sees you in secret and he will reward you openly. And we don't know what that reward is. We don't know when that timing is. 
But we have to get to that place of saying, Lord, even if you don't save me from the fire, even if you don't do all these things that I think I need and want, I will trust in you. I'll trust that you're directing my steps. What must I go do next? And I'm going to trust you. I also think when you're in a place of hopelessness and despair, it's often a question of like, God, did I miss this? Did I do something wrong? And or did you pass me up? Like, did you give this blessing to someone else because I was disobedient? Which I know is not true. Like that's God is not a punishing God. But I think when you're in that moment, it's easy when you're in despair, it's easy to fall deeper into yeah. despair. And I think, I think that, cause I mean, we've, we've had to deal with those feelings and thoughts and emotions. And I think the way out for us has always been to repent and ask for a second chance. Because I think that's the point. Repentance means, wow, I wasn't supposed to do this or I did it wrong or didn't do it right. Lord, would you give me a second chance? I repent of how I handled that situation and I want to do it your way. Would you give me a second chance? And I think that's where you do have to trust that God is a loving father and he corrects us and he disciples us. He disciplines us so that we would come back into alignment with his mind, with his thoughts, with his ways. And I think that's the sign of, of true repentance is Lord, would you give me another chance yeah. that I could do it your way? And then also, I think an important part of this is when you are hoping for something and someone else is getting the very thing that you hope and pray for, instead of falling into bitterness, reframing your mind to celebrate the things that you are hoping for and that you are praying for, learning and practicing blessing those things, blessing those people who get the blessing that you deeply desire yourself because that puts you into an abundance mindset instead of a lack mindset. Just because someone else got the thing that you're praying for doesn't mean that it may feel like you're lacking because you don't have the thing that you're praying for and someone else did, but trusting of God, you are a God of abundance. What you did for them, you can do for me. Yeah. And I think that's an important part of your heart attitude is blessing those who, and, and again, that's David with Saul. So Saul was the king. David had been anointed to be the king. And Saul comes into a cave and David has a chance right there to take what is promised to him, but that's not yet his. And David doesn't. David blesses Saul, actually. And he's like, it's, it's for the Lord to take me in. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to be jealous or envious or resentful. I'm going to bless them because it's, it's God's to give. It's God's to take away. And I think that's an important place in our heart, a shift in our heart when we can bless other people who are where we want to be rather than being resentful or hurt even by someone else getting what you so deeply desire. If you are in a, a painful experience, and I'll just use us for example, I don't want anyone to experience the pain that we've experienced. So if someone else can get pregnant young or old, if someone else is getting pregnant in general or has 10 children, Praise God for it. Like, praise God that is someone that doesn't have to suffer in the journey of desiring children and it not happening. And that's not something that I feel I can do out of my own strength. That comes from a place of being in God's word, of knowing God's word, of meditating on his truth that, again, and I, we keep saying this, but I feel like it makes all the difference of trusting that God sees me. And I think this goes back to, for me, journaling and how important journaling has been in, 
in every season that I've been in where I've been praying for something, to write down prayers, to write down my conversations with the Lord. And I think that uh, Sarah and Abraham are both really good examples of that, maybe because it's similar to our story, but they, like you said, poured their thoughts and burdens on the Lord. Abraham said, Lord, what would you give me seeing that I do not have children or an inheritance? Whatever your unique situation is, to put that burden on the Lord and not make it your identity. That's been another... Yeah, that's a huge part of it, is not being a victim of your pain or of your own sin, other people's sin toward you, is to not get into a victim doom loop. And I think a way out of that is to use your pain to help other people, to bless other people, and prevent other people from going down the same route that you did. And so, you know, for us, like, I mean, that's a huge motivation behind this channel is, hey, we didn't do things God's ways when we were younger, we didn't know, we've repented, we've asked God for a second chance, and we'd also like to help other people avoid making the decisions that we made. And that's why we hit so repetitively on marriage and children, the culture, you know, it's like the old druggie who went to prison and now he comes back to the high school and he's like, don't do drugs, stay in school. And everyone's like, wow, this is amazing. It's a negative testimony. It inspires me. Well, that's kind of like us of saying like, hey, marriage is a blessing. Children are a blessing. Why are we putting it off? Why are we not following God's ways and believing God's word that we want to be blessed? So use your pain, whatever your pain is. Do what the Bible says of older women, teach the younger women, and hopefully use whatever story, circumstances, situation you were in to help the younger girls not go down that same path. And I think that is what gets... We have a hard time. It may not seem like it when we post videos, but we redo a lot of the... Yeah, our desire is not to hurt people who are already in pain. Yeah, when we're talking about trying to help girls get married, it is a really hard topic to talk on because we're trying to talk to young girls or parents with daughters on how to set them up for marriage. But in the process of doing that, it ends up almost sometimes could be rubbing salt in the wound of someone who is like, well, I didn't do that. And again, that's the importance of asking God of God, will you give me a second chance? It's again, I'll bring it back to our own story. We're not victims to our circumstances, but also it's like when I see someone who is a grandma at 40, it's like, well, I'll never be a grandma at 40, but I can hope that someone else is a grandma at 40 and I'm still going to have hope that I will be a grandma. Yeah, praise God. So don't think that you're the only person who's having hardship and pain in your life. Number one, get into a good fellowship with people who can encourage you. So just to encourage you, everyone is going through hardship, not just, you're not alone. Yeah. It's not something that you're the only dysfunctional, defunct person who God has cut out and doesn't see anymore. No, we all go through trials. We all go through hardships. The Lord sees you in secret and he rewards you openly. You have to find scripture that you are going to hang on to, that, that is a promise to your life. That is, you know, God's word is living and active. God's word is powerful in our lives. So we have scriptures that we are cherishing in our hearts. We are meditating on these scriptures, which means to think deeply on, to apply scripture. You know, when a lot of times when you're stressed out, you're just going to think on this problem that you're on. Oh, problem, 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 or, you know, whatever emotion you're, you're going through there. When you do that, realize I need to now change to now think on the scripture that applies to this problem or the scripture that is the promise that I need in this situation. Whether it's, Lord, I cast my burdens on you 
you go to that scripture and you meditate on that scripture. What does it mean to, to cast my burdens? Lord, do you see me in secret? Matthew 6 verse 6. Whatever it is that you are dealing with, you need to be meditating on the scriptures that apply to that thing and let that become your mindset. Let that become your identity of I'm going to stand on the word of God and I'm going to be a man or a woman whose heart is after God. Something that you have done is, which is encouraged me is whatever you're praying for, whatever burden you're carrying, if you write that on your a bookmark in your Bible and be like, God, as I'm reading your word, can you speak to me about this circumstance? So let this time not be wasted. May whatever season, however long this may be, may you be able to look back at it and be like, wow, I could see God in that season and I didn't waste it in self-pity. I used it to grow closer to the Lord. Yeah. Praise God. And bless you guys.